Hello and welcome to ZF1 Amateur Podcast, hosted by me, Humura Ruth. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing lovely. And if it's not going well for you, take it to the Lord in prayer. Welcome to today's podcast episode, which is all about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, the very first Saudi Arabian Formula One Grand Prix that we have had. And as you know, this podcast is a post-Formula One race commentary podcast. On it, you will also find news about Formula One, everything to do with Formula One, literally. I come on here and talk. So if you're new here, thank you so much for joining us. And if you've been here from way back, well, I do truly appreciate you. Okay, welcome to ZF1 Amateur Podcast. So, Without further ado, let's dive into it. Today, we are at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Like I said before, it's the very first Formula One Grand Prix that we have had here in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And it's um it's the second Grand Prix we've had so far this season in the Middle East. So last weekend, but one, we were at Qatar for the Qatar Grand Prix. If you missed that or if you missed any Formula One race this season... All the podcast, uh, I mean, all the races have been covered in different podcast episodes on this channel. So please subscribe, leave a review and go through every race that you missed. So if you missed the Qatar Grand Prix, the podcast for the Qatar Grand Prix is up and running. So as I was saying, this is a third, this is the second race that we are having in the Middle East. So we're meant to have three. The first one was the Qatar, the, that was the Qatar Grand Prix. Then we are having the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix in Jeddah. And then we'll be in Abu Dhabi for the finale like we always do. So it's the first time under the lights here in Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah, on the shores of the Red Sea. Very fast. I love night races. I think I always say this, but I really do enjoy night races. I love seeing the cars under the lights, especially when the, the, the come, uh, when you see the sparks coming off from under the under the cars, I don't know, whenever I think the, 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 the car flow touches, you know, the carb or touches the, the tarmac, the, there's some sort of like friction that goes on and then you see sparks flying everywhere. I love seeing that. I think it makes for great photography and it just makes for great videography as well when you're watching it on television. So I love racing under the lights. It's the fourth night race we've had so far this season, I believe, because we had two in Sakia. That's the Bahrain. Sakia Grand Prix in Bahrain, which is still in the Middle East as well. <laughs> I don't know why I said three races in the Middle East. I am so sorry. I am so confused at this point. Is Bahrain in the Middle East or not in the Middle East? I think it is. I think it is. I stand to be corrected. I think Bahrain is in the Middle East. So we've had Qatar. We've had Bahrain. That is the Sakia Grand Prix Qatar. Now we're having the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and then we'll have Abu Dhabi. So as I was saying, I love night races. I love them. It's just intense and fun for me to see it under the lights. Unfortunately, we did not get to see, we did not get to watch the Singapore Grand Prix because it was cancelled due to the COVID-19 restrictions and everything going on. By the way, stay safe. We're in still in the middle of the pandemic, so that was so sad. But to see another track on the circuit under the lights, that was super exciting for me. Now, as I said before, first one under the lights, the track itself is <laughs> very unforgiving. I will describe it as that. It is very unforgiving. It's the second longest track after Spa in Belgium. And it's also the second fastest track after Monza. That's in Italy. It's really confusing to me, though, thinking of it as the second longest track. I don't know why. But anyway, that's what the stats say. But when I look at it, I'm like, it doesn't feel like the second longest track. I would think Portugal would be up there. I don't know. After Monza. I'm not sure why. But anyway, it is. Um, 
the way it looks like it feels very narrow with a lot of uh, blind spots, you know, blind corners. So it's very narrow and there's a lot of like corners you keep taking to the right, to the left, to the right, to the left, and you, it's very scary. Getting it right there is really hard as we will look at it uh, later on. So it's a pretty tricky track if you ask me. It's under the lights, it's quite narrow. I don't think there's so much room for overtaking. I don't know if that would be easy for people to, to do, but you'll get to find out later on. But yeah, that, those are my thoughts on the track. Otherwise, it looks beautiful. I just think it's too narrow, which makes it exciting and scary at the same time. I'm pretty sure for the drivers. Anyway, the average speeds here are 157 miles per hour. It's a 3.8 mile circuit, if you prefer kilometers. It's a sick sorry 6.174 kilometers circuit we have three drs zones and we do a race distance of about 308.45 kilometers if you prefer miles it's 191.661 miles and we do 50 laps here at jeddah at jeddah anyway let's get into how qualifying and practice went but before we do that <laughs> Hey there, sorry for the interruption, but if you love motorsports, which you probably do because you're listening to this podcast, why not check out my new podcast dedicated to Formula E motorsport? It's called Z Formula E Podcast, and you can find it on any podcasting platform right where you found this podcast, or you can Google Z Formula E Podcast. On top of that, I also have a third podcast, which is dedicated to sharing the beauty of Uganda with the rest of the world. That podcast is called Z Humorous show so if you're ever interested in discovering uganda or the beauty of east africa look for z humor show on any podcasting platform or just google z humor show welcome back from that short break now let's get into it first of all during friday practice too there's something to notice charles leclerc had a bad crash it wasn't nice at all like I say, that track is really tight and there's a lot of blind corners on it. So navigating it seems really tricky. But yes, thankfully he's okay. He His chassis and his... Was his engine repaired, I think? But his chassis was repaired and he used the same chassis, I believe, for qualifying. And then before we went into FP3, Bottas had a power unit change because he had a fuel leak in his car. When we got into FP3, after FP3, Lewis Hamilton was summoned to the stewards for failing to slow under double waved yellow flags and for blocking Nikita Mazepin. Yes, I think Bull was hoping or people who do not support Lewis were hoping he gets a good penalty and all this and all that. And I'll tell you something. I think Lewis snaps back really easily. He can overtake, you know, Silverstone or uh, even Monza. I'll give him Monza for that. Different tracks. But I feel like getting like a, 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 even if a five-place grid penalty here in Jeddah, I feel like that would have been hard for him to make up places. Like I said before, this track is very unforgiving. It is tight and it's got a lot of blind corners. So making up those places without ending up in the barriers or, you know, ending having the crab and um, the crabs, the curbs, you know, tear your front wing or something is pretty hard. So a grid penalty would have been disastrous for him. But guess what? He didn't get one. Instead, Mercedes was handed a 25,000 euro fine, which they paid. I think the blame was placed on the communication from the team to Lewis Hamilton. He shouldn't have. He should have gotten the communication, I think, a little bit faster than he did in order for him to react the right way. 
so thankfully he didn't get a grip penalty i don't know how that works for you it depends on which side of a championship you're standing on a lot of people are on max's side a lot of people are on lewis's side whatever your side is may the best man win anyway so we got into qualifying not so much really happened in q1 except with about 17 seconds left on the clock valtteri bottas who is at the moment running in in second place uh came on the radio and he was like i've got some misfiring and um that was i don't know why that happened but anyway remember he had an engine change like we talked before ahead of p3 so he had a bit of misfiring again so there's something about the car and he had to start to slow down but thankfully he made it to q2 now we go to q2 lewis was struggling i mean i didn't have you didn't have to see the stats or anything you just had to look at him driving you know from his uh from the view of his car i don't know from the front of his car something like that whatever i was looking through lewis uh, looking at lewis's view as he was driving i didn't seem to really be struggling with that with that track i told you this track is very unforgiving and remember he had a terrible time a hard time not terrible hard time in practice so coming into qualifying he was pretty sure he's a bit nervous for it i don't know if a seven time world champion gets nervous but i would get nervous i was nervous for him it was pretty hard he was losing a lot of grip but um anyway he managed to make it as that was happening carlos signs spun very badly but thank god he didn't end up into the barriers as badly as Leclerc did but what happened is that from what i saw he just literally went over a, a curb and then he spun even had a front rear wing damage like I say, this truck is very unforgiving. So there was about five minutes left in the clock. He had to run to the garage, get a quick uh, rear wing fix. A rear wing takes about eight minutes to fix. So I just think they did a little bit on it and then they sent him out. Now, with 22 seconds left on the clock, he hits Carlos Sainz Jr. again, hits the Cubs again. And that was not nice at all. So he had to retire. Also in Q2, Bottas, Valtteri Bottas and Kimi Raikkonen briefly touched. Kimi Raikkonen overtook uh, Valtteri Bottas, but he wasn't a race. He just raced past them. And in doing so, he touched Valtteri Bottas. And it's crazy to think that next year, Bottas is taking Kimi's place. Or Kimi Raikkonen is not going to be in Formula 1. It's really crazy. Anyway... Kimi Raikkonen's team at, at the moment, who's also not going to be in Formula 1 next year because he's moving to Formula E, Antonio Giovinazzi made contact with the wall, so it wasn't a pretty sight for the Alfa Romeo cars. Anyway, we go to Q3. Lewis this time looked like he had more control. He had more grip, in my opinion. He looked a little bit more comfortable. In Q2, he was like as if he was, you know, trying to get it to understand the track better. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about this track, but I feel like it's really hard. But yeah, so Q3, he he got a sense of it better. And uh, then there was a point when he was in provisional pole. And that's when, actually, Max was in provisional pole at a moment. And then what, everybody was so nervous. We were like, is Lewis going to bid it? Is Max going to remain there forever? And then Lewis bit Max Verstappen's provisional pole and he was in pole. Now, towards the last few seconds of Q3 um max verstappen i don't know if his race engineer told him that lewis had bitten your provisional pole so you have to put in the work or he just knew he had to go as hard as he did but he started he gave it his very best and then some on the, in the last lap to wrap it up for q3 but in so doing he ended up crashing into the barriers like i say this track is very unforgiving you don't get a chance a second chance to make mistakes you know uh, trucks like a, uh the truck at, um in france i've forgotten its name 
I feel like Portugal, those places, you have Silverstone. I feel like you have a little bit of room for error. But with a track that has, you know, barriers really close by and it's very tight, you make a mistake, you can recover from it because you probably have damaged your, your tires or you've damaged your front wing or you, you're in the way for everybody else and so flags have to be waved. So it's pretty hard. Max was giving it his best. I don't know whether he had hard on the radio that Lewis has bitten your provisional pole. But it was squaring really hard at it. And towards the end, he just ended up in the barriers. I vividly remember uh, Max's father. I think he's called Jose Verstappen or Joseph Verstappen. I don't know how they pronounce those names in Dutch. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. But he just hit the table. And on Twitter, everybody, Formula One Twitter, people were like, oh my God, that moment when Max's dad had a total wolf moment of banging the table. You could see the sadness, the frustration, because he looked like he was about to get provisional Paul back again. But anyway, it did not happen. It is what it is. So here's your qualifying results. On pole position, obviously the man himself, Lewis Hamilton. In second place was Valtteri Bottas. In third place was Max Verstappen. In fourth place was Charles Leclerc. In fifth place was Sergio Perez. In sixth place was Pierre Gasly. In seventh place was Landon Norris. In eighth place was Yuki Tsunoda. In ninth place was Esteban Ocon. In tenth place was Antonio Giovinazzi. In eleventh place was Daniel Ricciardo. Twelfth was Kimi Raikkonen. Thirteen was Fernando Alonso. Oh, by the way, I did see at the FIFA Ballon d'Or. <laughs> award ceremony i don't know if you saw him in 14th place was george russell in 15th place was carlos Sainz jr in 16th place was nicolas latifi in 17th place was a very disappointed sebastian vettel because when his engineer came on the radio and told him it's 17th place for you he was like what oh man no <laughs> he was really sad about it i don't know why i'm laughing 18th place was lance stroll 19th place was mick schumacher and to round it up in 20th was nikita mazepin so that is how qualifying went for the saudi arabian grand prix so now let's dive into the race all right welcome back from that short break now let's dive into the first formula one race that we had at the Jeddah Konishi circuit i hope i pronounced that right and like i said before this circuit is very long and it's super fast it's the i think it's the longest street circuit and the fastest street circuit but it's the second longest circuit in formula one after spa and the second fastest circuit in formula one after monza so we have three drs zones here and so many blind corners i felt like there were so many blind corners it's a dangerous track i will be honest with that i feel like you could do it in a game you could work on this track in a game but in real life that feels really dangerous with all the tans, the blinds, it's just too much and it's very narrow. If you were like, I think I said this before, if you're like at uh, uh, the circuit in France or Silverstone, when you have very tight corners, it works if you have runoff areas. But if you don't have runoff areas, the cars always end up in barriers and that's really unsafe. And I feel like that circuit was like that. So three DRS zones with numerous corners. Someone said there were 26 corners. I'm not sure if there were that many or even more than that, but there were so many corners. It was a narrow circuit. It's really long, it's super fast, and drivers were racing it out, 20 drivers trying to win the race. Anyway, we also had three tire compounds, the C4, the C3, and the C2. Important to remember is that it was Valtteri Bottas' 100th start for Mercedes-Benz. This man, sometimes, a lot of times, he can uh, easily be underlooked or judged as an underperformer, but I think he does pretty well. I think... 
like I said before, sometimes he just doesn't mix, meet some of our expectations, but he does pretty well because for 100 races that he has done with Mercedes-Benz, he has qualified in Q3 for all of them. So that's pretty impressive. Anyway, now we start, we start off the race. I read for you how qualifying went. It was Lewis and Paul, but a second, Max, Leclerc, Perez, Gasly, Norris, Sonoda, Ocon, Giovinazzi, Ricardo, Kimi, Alonso, Russell, Sainz, Latifi, Veto, Stroll, Schumacher, Mazepin. So the first few laps of the race, they go really well. Lewis takes the lead of the race, Bottas is behind him. And second, Max is trying to fight it out. Charles Leclerc is also pushing on. And so the first few laps of the race are okay. And then we get to lap 10. Lap 10 is when Mick Schumacher crashed into the barriers on turn 21, turn 21, 22. That's, I think, the same exact spot Charles Leclerc had crashed in in FP2. So what happened? I don't know what it is about this track. What happened? is that as Mick was about to take, I would call late a left, yes, a left-hand corner, he just somehow ended up, you know, not making it and ended up on, there were, thank God there was a little bit of a runoff area, just ended up on, off into the runoff area and into the barriers. Thank God there was like layers and layers and layers of those tires that absorb all the shock of the Formula 1 car, but his car was ripped apart, so that was not nice. So obviously we do get a safety car. It's the first safety car of the night. Now, under that safety car, Mercedes-Benz makes the decision to call in Lewis to pit. Lewis is running in first place, so he's called to box, I think, to get the hard tires. Other drivers like Stroll, Russell, Norris, they also decide to pit. But Red Bull does not pit. Max Verstappen does not pit. Instead, Sergio Perez pits. So now, it's Max Verstappen in first place. Lewis rejoins and is now second. Valtteri, he's second, but on fresher tires. Valtteri Bottas is third, Esteban Ocon is fourth, Daniel Ricciardo is fifth, Charles Leclerc is sixth, Pierre Gasly is seventh, Sergio Perez is eighth because he had pitted, Carlos Sainz Jr. is ninth, Antonio Giovinazzi is tenth, Yuki Tsunoda is eleventh, Kimi Raikkonen is twelfth, Sebastian Vettel is thirteenth, Lando Norris is fourteenth, Fernando Alonso is fifteenth, Nikita Mazepin is sixteenth, George Russell is seventeenth, Stroll is eighteenth. All these people had pitted. Latifi was nineteenth, and Schumacher was running in twentieth because he had gotten out of the race, so it was an automatic DNF. So we're going, we're doing laps under the safety car. A few laps, and we get to lap thirteen, still under the safety car. Race control announces that the race has been suspended, so the cars are supposed to start in the pit lane. And obviously, Lewis Hamilton is furious. He's pissed at the fact that, you know, we got a red flag. Because under the red flag, you can actually do make some adjustments on your cars. That means Red Bull, that meant that Red Bull had gotten a free pass to get their tire zone, fresher tire zone, without losing a position. So you understand why Lewis was not happy about it because Max would go to the pits. Of course, he's going to be ahead of everyone else. He gets his car, not fully checked up, but you get to do some adjustments when you're starting in the pit lane, if it's like a standing start. And he got free tires and is at the front of the race with no position left at all. In fact, some people were like, why didn't Mercedes just uh, predict this and just, you know, leave Lewis out because uh, a red flag was obviously going to happen. But with these things, honestly, in their defense, I say with these things, you cannot be sure. You can't, you know, go for a rest and be like, I am 100% sure there's going to be um, a red flag. You can't really predict that. Although if we came here next year, if I was a strategist, I would be sure there would be another red flag because this track is that hard to navigate. It's very unforgiving. You make an error, you're off. Your car is broken into pieces. You're bumping into someone. So if we were to do Jeddah the way it is next year, then you definitely never pit because there's always going to be a red flag in my opinion.
Now, so Mercedes had lost their one-two star because it's now Max at the start, Louis second, Valtteri Bottas third. But Red Bull had also lost out on Perez because now Perez pitted when Lewis pitted and now Perez was back in eighth. And making up places in such a tight track is absolutely hard. So Max was alone at the front with the two Mercedes behind him, which is not exactly the best position, but it, it, they could, I think they take what they get, yeah? All right, so we get a race restart on lap 15, and the, the two title contenders are at it again. So it's Lewis and Max side by side on the front row, but Lewis has a better start. He actually gets into the first corner faster than Max Verstappen does. Yeah, so that's a much better start. I actually feel like uh, as much as Max started, but it was on... Uh, what should I say, Paul for the race restart and Lewis was in second place. I feel like Lewis had the better start of the line. Just the way it looks like for me, I'm not a driver, but it looks better to start in second place and he does to start in first place. So anyway, Lewis gets the inside of the corner first because they're making a left turn and Lewis is on the left side of the track. Max is on the right side of the track. So I feel like that was a better place to start from. But... As they make it to the next turn, which this time around is... Uh, so the other one was a left. This time around, it's a right turn. Max obviously has the advantage. Lewis is trying to push... Uh, trying to, you know, he takes the inside line of the corner. I don't want to say Lewis was trying to push Max off the track, but Lewis has the inside line of the corner. But, you know, that doesn't stop Max from riding up on top of the cups and getting out in front of Max as they um, finish navigating that turn. So that's how Max, for a moment, there was ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So Max is ahead of the track. Lewis has been forced wide because, you know, Max uh, got the place. He didn't necessarily exceed track limits. I don't want to get into that. But he got ahead by being on the, you know, on the cab. Part of his car was in the cab. Not all four wheels were, off the, were on the cab. So that wasn't exceeding track limits. Anyway, he gets to, he gets his place back. So he's number one. But Lewis had been pushed wide. So he had gone to the side. And that left room for Esteban Ocon to overtake uh, Lewis Hamilton. So it's Max Verstappen, Esteban Ocon, Lewis Hamilton. And for a moment there, Max Verstappen is stretching away, going farther and farther away. Esteban Ocon is going farther and farther away. And Lewis is, you know, behind Esteban Ocon. I think it hurt at that point because he had gotten, the race restart, he had gotten away really well until, you know, Max came in with his great driving skills. It all looks lovely for Max Verstappen until we get another yellow flag. Because guess what? There was another incident that happened before we even finished lap 15. We had a yellow flag and then a red flag. And so what happened where we got the yellow flag is, first of all, Sergio Perez was, you know, in the middle of all those cars. He was sandwiched by, I don't know which car, and right on both the right and the left, and I'm pretty sure there was a car behind him. So somehow he got, I think there's a car that knocked him or something because he ended up spinning. He spun, it could have been disastrous because when he spun, his car was, you know, angled horizontally in the middle of the of the truck. So if other cars came in, they could knock him, but thank God they did not. Now, what happened now next is that George Russell had seen the Paris spin and I think he was trying to slow down because obviously someone has spun on the truck. You don't want to hit them. But in his slowing down, he got hit by Mazepin from the back. It was such a huge hit because uh, Mazepin just came into his back and hit him and, you know, Russell's car bounced up for a moment there and came back down. And Mazepin's car obviously was very damaged at the front. Russell's car was very damaged at the back. It wasn't a nice thing. So that's how we got a red flag on lap 15 again. That was the second one of the race. Now, remember when I talked about how um, Max Verstappen had gained 
advantage and you know uh, managed to get in front of Lewis Hamilton by going over the curbs. Remember when I narrated that? So what happens is this because obviously he had gotten the place the wrong way. I think he exceeded track limits. I know I said I don't know if he really exceeded track limits, but I think he exceeded track limits. If you watch the footage again, probably all four of his tires was off the tracks. He had pushed, he had forced Max, at, he had forced, sorry, forced Lewis to go too wide and lose the position, so he gained the position in a wrong way. So what happens is this: Michael Massey, the race control FIA race control director, comes on radio and tells Red Bull about tells Red Bull that they have to give. Lewis back the position. So Red Bull is like, can we get back to you in a minute or two? And I think that's where that meme came from on, on Twitter when people were <laughs> putting a meme that, you know, race control gives, you know, talks to Red Bull as though it's a deal or no deal game. So they ask him, do you take the deal or do you reject the deal? Because basically what Michael Massa was telling them that we're going to ask you to drop back give back the position to Lewis Hamilton, do you take that or do you refuse it? And if they had refused that decision, then the matter would have been pushed to to the stewards and probably would not have been as good as this one, I think. So Red Bull obviously goes offline, they debate about it, then they come back and ask that if we drop, um, if we agree to what you're saying, does that mean that uh, Max is behind Lewis? And then they're like, yes, Esteban Ocon will start on Paul, then Lewis, and then Max behind him. And so Red Bull goes afraid you again, they debate about it, and then they come back and they're like, yes, Michael, we approve of that, we take that. That's how people are like, it's like as if there was some sort of negotiation between Red Bull and uh, the FIA. You be the judge of that. I really, really don't know. So it's Esteban Ocon and Paul now, yeah? The session had been red flagged, remember? By the time it was red flagged, it was Max leading the race, Esteban second, Lewis third, Ricardo fourth, Valtteri Bottas fifth, Pierre Gasly sixth, Charles Leclerc seventh, Giovinazzi eighth, Sainz ninth, Vettel tenth, Kimi was 11th, Yuki Tsunoda was 12th, Alonso was 13th, Stroll was 14th, Latifi was 15th, Norris was 16th, and then we had the DNFs of Russell, Perez, Mazepin, and Schumacher. So now with this whole thing, uh, this because of, of course, Max gaining the position in uh, not the right way in Formula 1, he had to give it back. So that meant that Esteban Ocon was now starting on pole with Lewis second and Max behind Esteban Ocon in third place, I believe. And you have to remember that Esteban Ocon started this race in ninth place. In fact, he has, he, by this point, by this time, he had led 65 laps this season. And the drivers who had led the most laps this season were obviously Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and then Esteban Ocon. So that was pretty exciting. I'm pretty sure at the Alpine, um, what is it called? <laughs> at the Alpine wall, pit wall, they must have been really th thrilled to see their driver, you know, lead the race for a moment there. So now we get to lap 17 for another race restart, yeah? And uh, obviously, Lewis ahead in the front row together was Esteban Ocon and then Max in the second row with Valtteri Bottas and the other people keep coming on along at the back. And we had lost a number of drivers by this time. Four drivers. That's a lot of drivers in a race. We weren't even halfway through the race. We weren't at 25 laps, but we had lost four drivers. And you were sure that more was going to come. 
you know, at the very serious that you have to give it to Max, whether you're a Max fan or Lu um, whether you're a Lewis fan and you're not a Max fan at all, you have to give it to him for his driving. Because you know how cars start, Formula One cars start on the grid, so you have two columns, right? And you probably have five rows if I've counted you, right? So Lewis is on, uh, let me say, the column to the left, Esteban Ocon is on the column to the right, and Max Verstappen is behind Esteban Ocon, and uh, there is, I think Daniel Ricciardo was behind Lewis, actually, he was in Bottas, it was Daniel Ricciardo. So the race restarts, yeah? It's Esteban Ocon going for the lead and uh, Lewis Hamilton going for the lead. But obviously the cars are in two columns and there's a gap between them. Max Verstappen immediately gets out from behind Esteban Ocon and comes in between there to create the third lane. And then for a moment there, he's there for a moment. But then he moves on to the outside of Lewis Hamilton. And I'm just like, this guy is a really good driver. You may not like him sometimes, but you have to give it to him. He's really good. So he comes out on the outside of Lewis Hamilton. I'm thinking that's pretty brilliant. Daniel, What Daniel Ricciardo? opted to do was go directly behind uh, on the outside of Lewis Hamilton. Did it work? I don't think so. And so in so doing, somehow Daniel Ricciardo got left out behind. But in so doing, when Max went on the outside of Lewis Hamilton, because Lewis was on the left and the turn they were making was to the left. So we ended up ending up on the inside line of the turn to the left. And that's how he somehow got ahead. And this time around, it was Max Verstappen on the Outside, Lewis Hamilton was sandwiched in there with Esteban Ocon out to the, out to the right. So obviously, Max takes off. He's literally at the, at the front of the race. Lewis is behind. Esteban Ocon is coming in second. But to be fair, Esteban Ocon cut the curb and then ended up at the front of uh, Max Verstappen with Lewis behind him, Daniel Ricciardo's McLaren, and then Valtteri Bottas behind but then as they go to the next corner, Max Verstappen regains the lead because he overtakes Esteban Ocon. I mean, you have to be really, really good at racing <laughs> to be able to keep first place and to be able to ward off Lewis and ward off uh, Max Verstappen because Esteban Ocon had it for a moment there. But as they go to the next turn, Max Verstappen had the inside line and so he made it ahead. I also think because of so many corners in this track, because you have a corner going to the left, a corner going to the right, you are never really perfectly situated unless you're so ahead of your team of, a, of another driver. But if you're close and you're wheel-to-wheel, -wheel, it's so easy to lose it. It's so easy to lose a position because, you know, one moment you have the inside line of a turn, the other moment you're on the outside, another moment you're on the inside. So it's a really hard one. But Max switched up in. Obviously, I think because he's also a pretty good driver, I am. I just have to give him that one. <laughs> so he overtook Esteban Ocon as they go to the next turn. So now we move into lap 18, and it's Max Verstappen leading with Esteban Ocon behind him, and Lewis behind Esteban Ocon, and then Daniel Ricciardo behind Lewis Hamilton, and then Bottas behind him, and then Gasly. So it goes down like that. And for some reason, they are in a line. What Lewis, is do, what Lewis does is what Max did at the race restart. So Lewis gets out of the line, goes on the outside of Esteban Ocon. And that's how he got past Esteban Ocon. Well, he also had the pace, so that was pretty good. Anyway, if you got on the outside and you didn't have the pace, you probably wouldn't gain a position. So now at this point, Lewis is left with Max Verstappen to overtake. And we are 18 laps into the race, yeah? So we wait for so many laps. We were in lap 18, we waited lap 19, lap 20, lap, you know, laps go by, laps go by, laps go by. And see, we get to lap 37 when it looks like Lewis is about to overtake Max Verstappen.
So as they're about to take a turn, Louis goes on the outside of Max Verstappen. It's like a pretty nice wheel to wheel, but I'm pretty sure people are watching it this way, but who are watching this were biting their nails because you know these are two drivers and I feel like they're both alphas in one way or another and they both want to dominate which is not a bad thing but they went wheel to wheel and for a moment i'm like oh my god they're gonna do silverstone all over again but you know what happened i have to be honest with this one verstappen cut the corner lewis took the, you know raced on the track normally but verstappen cut the corner and he was out ahead of lewis well you might say he was ahead of lewis anyway but he cut the corner if he didn't cut the corner i'm pretty sure lewis would have come out ahead of him and this is lap 37 max so max cuts the corner i think this is something about max that if you could just you know let go of those kinds of behaviors i think he's a pretty great driver as it is he doesn't have to be you know cutting corners or you know weaving or you know is it step breaking what he did we'll talk about that later but if he didn't do such things i think he'll just be you would just call him a pretty great driver but he does things like this and you're like okay max you obviously know how to race you know that's not how it's done so why are you doing it and you're fast enough anyway you're in a good car everyone knows no one is doubting your capabilities so why do you do these things it doesn't make sense in fact by the way i had forgotten to mention as max was about to take that cup um he did uh i was going to say but his okay he butted his left his left rear tire into the side of Lewis's car. He was like pushing him off. And he had done the same thing to Esteban Ocon some time back when Esteban Ocon was in Racing Point. He does those things. And you're like, Max, why? Why do you do those things? Because they jeopardize your fight for the title. They jeopardize the way fans look at you as a driver. And even, I don't know, I don't think they make you feel good as a driver because you pretty capable of winning races on your own you're fast you're good I, i'm speaking as though he would listen to this but anyway that's what happened so we got a message from race control but obviously the town one incident involving verstappen and max and he'll lewis hamilton had been noted because that was not right i didn't like that at all and i've seen Lou max do things badly brazil um silverstone okay silverstone is very a lot of people have different sides to it but that was not nice at all so Max is told now, Max is told, um, so obviously Max has to give back the position to Lewis. As much as he was ahead, he cut the curb, he got an advantage and remained in first place. So obviously the normal way of doing these things is giving back the position to the person you took it from or the person you hindered from getting it. So he's told to give back the position. Now this is the thing that I think the stewards are even still looking up to to date is was there a bit of miscommunication between you know mercedes and mercedes and their driver red bull and their driver or were the drivers just acting out of i don't know them being who they are because what happens is this max is told he has to give back the position to lewis and then somehow it's as though he's weaving on the track he slows down and obviously lewis bumps into him he bumps into the back of max verstappen and there's debris on all over the track now and Max Verstappen goes ahead and Lewis remains in second place. And now you're wondering, okay, what's going on? Well, people could say that Max did not get that information or people could say that uh, Max had gotten that information and it was slowing down for Lewis to pass by, but Lewis did not know he was allowed to pass by. There's a whole lot of miscommunication that was going on there. But what happened is that Max knew he had to give back the place. Let's start from that part. Max knew he had to give back the place because he obtained it the wrong way. So... 
Kim was supposed to move down, move to the side and slow down a bit and let Lewis pass by. But what he did is that he moved literally to the middle of the track, in middle and the side of the track. There's that thing he does. It's like a kind of a weave, which is not good in driving. It's also, it's almost as though you don't want someone to overtake you. It just reminds me, okay, this is a stretch. <laughs> it reminds me of Baku, was it 2000? What in Baku? 18? Him and Daniel Ricciardo when Daniel bumped into the back of Max Verstappen. It's not the first time I've seen drivers do that. If something keeps on happening to you i think you also play a role in having it happen to you so anyway lewis ends up in the back of max's car and there's debbie on the shark max speeds off and lewis is just you know tumbling along with his front wing damaged anyway so that incident is noted i don't want to talk about it too much so we get to lap 40 and obviously lewis and max are still under investigation it's max leading the race lewis is second esteban ocon is third daniel ricardo is fourth valtteri bottas is fifth and valtteri bottas is fighting hard to make up places as you know he loves to do he lo anyway every driver wants to fight to make up places but anyway he succeeds by going on the inside of daniel ricardo and that's how he made up a place and placed himself up there so anyway we move on to lap 42 uh finally max verstappen slows down and then lewis hamilton goes by him the right way it should have been done i don't know why this took him longer to do but anyway he slows down and lewis takes the lead of the race so it's lewis in first place verstappen second esteban Ocon third and valtteri Bottas fourth with daniel ricardo in fifth but that was very short-lived because after he gave um after max gave lewis the place <laughs> lewis was taking the well i feel like lewis went too wide there as they were about to make a left turn so max had all the room he was um on the inside he just made it to the inside line faster than max pushed up and then he got the place back that he had just given to mark uh, to lewis hamilton within the same lap or just a few meters away Anyway, so with Max Verstappen versus leading Hamilton in second, we get to lap 43 and we are told that Max Verstappen has a five-second time penalty for leaving the track. Still in that same lap, lap 43, Lewis Hamilton manages to overtake Max Verstappen again. It was pretty easy for him to do. Anyway, it's two great drivers, but one is greater, <laughs> depending on how you see it. But anyway, Lewis manages to overtake Max Verstappen again as they make... Is it, was it on... Turn 21, I think it was around turn 21, closer to the area. Okay, I think I may be stretching this a bit, but I think it's closer to the area where Mick Schumacher had crashed. Yes, but Lewis gets to the inside first and then overtakes Max Verstappen. And at this point, he has said the fastest lap of the race. We only have seven laps to go. And believe me, I was tired. I watched, I love Formula One, but this race was really long. We had so many safety cars. We had race restarts and you were just biting your nails and you're like, okay, this is exhausting now, but it was super fun. Anyway, so we made it safely, lap 43, we made it safely to lap 50 with Lewis leading the race. Um, Hamilton came in second and, um, sorry, it was Lewis who won the race. Max Verstappen came in second. Valtteri Bottas came in third on the, at the last moment because it was Esteban Ocon who was in third place. But as they crossed the last, as they crossed the final line to get to the checkered flag, Mark, um, Valtteri Bottas overtook Esteban Ocon and that's how he won. 
Okay, so here are your race results for the very first Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton came in first, Max Verstappen came in second, Valtteri Bottas was third, Esteban Ocon was fourth, Daniel Ricciardo was fifth, Pierre Gasly was sixth, Charles Leclerc was seventh, Carlos Sainz Jr. was eighth, Antonio Giovinazzi was ninth, Lando Norris was tenth. Eleventh was Lance Stroll, Nicolas Latifi came in twelfth, Fernando Alonso came in thirteenth, Yuki Tsunoda came in fourteenth, Kimi Raikkonen came in fifteenth. Sebastian Vettel suffered a DNA. Sergio Perry suffered a DNF, Nikita Mazbin suffered a DNF, George Russell suffered a DNF, and Mick Schumacher suffered a DNF as well. And here are your driver's standings for the 2021 Formula 1 season at the moment with only one race left to go. Max Verstappen is in first place with 369.5 points. Lewis Hamilton is in second place with 369.5 points. Yes, you heard that right. Both drivers have 369 Point five points. Valtteri Bottas is third with 218 points. Sergio Perez is fourth with 190 points. Charles Leclerc is fifth with 158 points. Lando Norris is sixth with 154 points. Carlos Sainz Jr. is seventh with 149.5 points. Daniel Ricciardo is eighth with 115 points. Pierre Gasly is ninth with 100 points. Fernando Alonso is tenth with 77 points. Esteban Ocon is eleventh with 72 points. Sebastian Vettel is 12th with 43 points. Lance Stroll is 13th with 34 points. Yuki Tsunoda is 14th with 20 points. George Russell is 15th with 16 points. Kimi Raikkonen is 16th with 10 points. Nicolas Latifi is 17th with 7 points. Antonio Giovinazzi is 18th with 3 points. Mick Schumacher is 19th with 0 points. Robert Kubica is 20th with 0 points. And Nikita Mazepin is 21 with 0 points. When it comes to the constructors, here's how it's standing. It's Mercedes-Benz in first place with 587.5 points. Red Bull Racing Honda comes in second with 559.5 points. Ferrari comes in third with 307.5 points. McLaren Mercedes comes in fourth with 269 points. Alfa Renault comes in fifth with 149 points. Alfa Turi Honda comes in sixth with 120 points. Aston Martin Mercedes comes in 7th with 77 points. Williams Mercedes comes in 8th with 23 points. And Alfa Romeo Racing Ferrari comes in 9th with 13 points. And lastly is the Haas Ferrari Formula 1 team with 0 points in 10th place. And that is how the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix went. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had as much fun as I did. It was one long race. I loved it. Hopefully next year the circuit will be altered a bit to make it safer for the drivers and uh, more more exciting to watch without, you know, having so many safety cars and race restarts. When it's too much, it gets exhausting. But it was a beautiful race. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch, please do not hesitate. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Ruth or on Instagram, my page for this podcast is at ZF1 Amateur. Thank you so much. I hope you had a lovely day, a lovely um, time as you listen to this. And until we go to Abu Dhabi, bye-bye.